This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I am Laura Lumber and happy Mother's Day. Today is Sunday, May 12th, Mother's Day, and that was the whole motivation for doing this special bonus episode. Today I invited my daughter, Brooke, and my youngest sister, Christy, who is a gynecological cancer survivor to share this show with me and to talk about the different perspectives we have of our own story of cancer, what we thought each other were going through, and what they actually were thinking. We also talk about how we told our mom and our fears and concerns about telling our mom when we had cancer and how she actually reacted. I wanted to do this show today because when I was thinking about Mother's Day, I thought, you know, a lot of times there's, as a, as a mom, there's just a lot of fear and concern and, and desire to do it all and keep doing it while we're sick and we're working through it and wondering how it's impacting our kids. So I know even I was surprised to hear some of the things that my daughter said because her perspective of what she actually experienced was very different than what I was thinking she was experiencing. So I hope you enjoyed this show, that you get some, I don't know, some humor out of it, maybe some ideas and some points to talk with your own children about or your own moms about, and just hopefully something to connect to, especially if you're still in treatment, to kind of ease a little bit of that mama guilt that we go through so often, wondering what we've put other people through when we're going through an illness, even though obviously this illness is something that is completely out of your control. So a couple of points, listen until the very end of the show, because we have a little bit of a blooper reel that you'll hear at the end that I think is, is a pretty funny story. And other than that, enjoy, have a wonderful, happy Mother's Day. And I hope that this show brings a little more joy to your day today. Brooke and Christy, thank you guys for coming today and being here with me. I'm really excited to celebrate this Mother's Day podcast with my sister, who's also a mother, and my daughter, who I mothered. So this should be interesting. So we really just want to talk today about our experiences as mothers and daughters, having gone through breast cancer, what it was like for us when it first happened, as we went through it. And I think it's interesting because, as we've said so many times, everyone's experience is different. Just like everyone's cancer is different, everyone's experience is different. When you hear from Christy, I think you'll hear a different experience, even though she's a gynecological cancer survivor. Still a different experience with her perception of cancer and the way that she handled it. So why don't we start off at the very beginning? So when I was originally diagnosed with breast cancer... First, I was afraid, obviously, as I've talked about in other shows, that I didn't know 
to what extent I had cancer. I had no idea what was happening. I didn't obviously want to die the way that I had watched my brother die. And I didn't want to not be able to live the dream that I had. I think everybody, when you become a mother, you have dreams and expectations for your children, but you also have dreams and expectations for yourself that go beyond the lives of your children. And those goals for me had not yet been attained. And, and that definitely was something that weighed heavily on my mind. But I also didn't want my children to be fearful. I didn't want them to be worried. I didn't want to frighten them. I believed 100% that I was going to be fine. 100% fine. And as I've said even before also is that I would go through cancer a hundred times rather than watch my, my child go through it once. Mm -hmm. Because I know what I can handle and when you're watching someone else go through it, you're helpless. And my sister Christy and I really have that experience because we watched my brother go through it and she watched me go through it. Now I've watched her go through it. And Brooke, you've watched the whole thing happen while well, you were too young when Uncle Randy had cancer. But let's start with you, Brooke. What did you think when you first found out that I was diagnosed with cancer? You were 18 years old, right? Yeah. Well, I, I knew something was up, but then you told all of us and I didn't really process it and I feel like it didn't really hit that something was wrong until you shaved your head I remember that being a hard moment for me and what did Auntie Christy do when I shaved my head please tell them Christy what did she do she I remember played? I played that song what song was, was it um I am not my hair by pink <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. she was playing that uh, yeah. while I was getting my head shaved <laughs> <laughs> I can't listen to that song. It makes me emotional. Really? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I scarred mm. you. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I think it it just didn't really process for me as I understood that you were sick, but I think I also knew that you were going to be fine. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's more later on, looking back, is I hope that I did enough to support you in that. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't, then wishing that I would have been more present or, or gone through that process with you more, but can't go back. So, yeah. And just so that everybody knows that even though that was eight years ago, the scars, the cancer leave were already all in tears, <laughs> just wow. talking about the experience and thinking about what happened back then. And that's okay. And it, it's interesting that that's your expectation because my thought was never that I needed support from you. My thought was, how do I make sure that I'm still strong enough and I'm there for you throughout this process so you're not worried or freaked out about it? That's really interesting. And Christy. Yes. I mean, yours is new and fresh. Yes. So you were diagnosed in January of 2019. And what did you think? I mean... Initial thoughts? Uh, well, when my friend, Stephanie, my friend, who is also my OBGYN, called me to tell me I had cervical cancer, who, by the way, if you need anybody to tell you you have cancer, you want her to tell you, because she says, oh, okay, by the way, you have cervical cancer, <laughs> and this is what's going to happen. You're going to either just go in, and they're going to cut it right out, and you're fine, if it's spread farther, hysterectomy. If it's farther than that, then treatment. And we'll go from there. And blah, 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 blah. And she just kept talking. And I was like, whoa, okay. But my initial gut feeling was, I'm going to have a hysterectomy. It's gone farther than that, and I'm having a hysterectomy, and that's it. So 
for me, when I hear news like that, I just go into survival mode. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? So that was my initial reaction to it. Yeah. And I think that, again, you know, it's different for everybody, but I think, too, as Lummer sisters, <laughs> we have definitely those attributes of like, I'm going to fight and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fix it and mm -hmm. I'm going to be good. And, you know, for me, I had a lot of flashbacks of what happened to Randy when he was going through cancer treatment right. because I had no idea that chemotherapy had changed and that I wouldn't be having the same horrific experience we watched him go through. And so did it make any difference that you'd seen me go through cancer? I think it made a big difference because, I mean, initially when she says you have cervical cancer, my thought is, oh my God, I'm not doing chemo. I'm not doing that. Like I've seen it. Yeah. And watching Rand when Randy was going through it, I was 21, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't, I don't know how old I was when you were going through it, but I mean, it was almost eight years ago. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I just remember being so young and I remember him being in the hospital. It was just so different. It was so much, I feel like so like archaic compared to what it is now. Oh God. Yeah. And then watching you go through but I literally just said in my head, this is going to be a speed bump and I'm going to get past it. I am not going to have treatment. And I just, and it's not normal to catch cervical cancer on a, um, on a pap. So I just felt like we caught it early. That was just my initial gut. So, but yeah, it was, it was scary because I knew what could happen to me, but I tried to say it's not going to happen to me because there's that lumber mode again. Like, nope, mm -mm, this is how it's going to happen. Right. Period. Take control. Mm -hmm. Fix it. Yeah. And so what about your decision? You have two kids. How old are Holly and Court now? Uh, Holly is 19 and Court is 17. Yeah. So what were your thoughts about how are you going to tell your kids? Well, I just wanted to wait to tell them because I didn't know. I didn't know what my prognosis was. Like she gave me three options. So I didn't want to tell my kids I have cancer because I remember when I heard that Randy had cancer. You yeah. know, you're just like... <gasps> what? Like you're going to die? Yeah. You know, I mean, that was my thought. And then hearing you had it, it was horrible. It was horrible watching you go through it. I mean, I was at every, you know, chemo treatment with you. I watched yeah. you go through chemo. So, yeah. you know, I didn't want my kids to have that panic and worry. So I wanted to wait until I knew what I was dealing with. Cause I had no idea what I was dealing with. Yeah. And so then I remember telling you, Brooke, and I remember you being very upset and telling me you already knew because obviously I have a loud voice and you had overheard what I thought was quiet <laughs> discussions on the phone looking for a position and trying to research what um, methods to take. So if you knew before I even told you, it's like, you know, when you find your Christmas present under the bathroom sink and you pretend at Christmas like it's still a surprise or what were you thinking? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was just like what happens next and at the same time I mean I just don't think that I really processed it so I was busy I mean I was acting I was in college I was making new friends and so I just kind of occupied myself with that and didn't really process what you were going through yeah and how that affected you so I just was like you know, like you said, I have those lumber jeans too. It was okay, whatever. These are the next steps and this is what's going to happen. And she's going to be fine. And it is what it is. Yeah. So. And I think that's an interesting perspective because I think as parents, we're always really concerned about what do the kids think and how does it impact the kids and how are they going to react? And I have a mentee that I've been working with recently who has 
a few children and she you know wants to stand up and continue being the mom to these five kids that she mm. has as she's going through um, breast cancer treatment and as we talk through it it's interesting because the kids are like uh what i'm playing a video game you know we forget that at that age kids are so into their own lives that oftentimes they're like oh you do okay fine cool yeah, i'm busy you know i have a date tonight so yeah. it's interesting. I wonder how much energy, you know, moms really put into worrying about the kids when the kids are like, wait, what? I'm in the middle of Mario Brothers. Hang on a sec. <laughs> yeah. I think when you started to go through chemo and you were really sick from that and after you shaved your head and I saw that it was starting to affect your day to day, that maybe it was a little bit harder and I felt that maybe I should be doing something, but... I was selfish and a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) And did you notice anything about your brothers at that time? No, because Ryan and Brandon are so much older and I didn't hang out with them really. And Connor was so much younger. So, I mean, I wasn't really close with them at the time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, still everybody in their own world. Whereas Connor just kind of shut down and started wanting to go other places and, I remember one time I was at a water polo tournament for him and I thought, well, he's finally starting to come to terms with it because he came over with two of his buddies that were on the water polo team. He's like, hey, mom, could you lift up your wig? Because when I would go to his things, I would wear a wig because I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable because I could tell he was really struggling with it. And then he came over and it's like, you know, broad daylight. It's the weekend. There's all these people there. He walks up with these two guys on his team. Hey, mom. Can you lift up your wig? <laughs> I said, why? And he goes, my friend, I told my friends you have cancer. And they don't believe me. You show them that you're bald. So did you? <laughs> yeah, of course I did. Oh my I was God. like, thank God this wig is hot. Yeah. <laughs> Take this thing off. Shoo, I need to breathe. Once I show people, there's no need for me to keep this on my head. <laughs> Wigs are miserable. Yeah. I think it's just like a, what can I do kind of thing. So kids have a hard time processing it because what? what can they do? Right. And and you're just so young. You don't know. You don't have the life experience. It's just more scary. Right. So you're just like, I need to go. Like you said, I got involved with acting and doing stuff. You just, you don't know at that age. Like I remember when I was, I was 21 when Randy passed away and this is so dumb, but I remember thinking, at least he was 32. He was pretty old before he died. Oh, God. Like, how ridiculous is that? Or now yeah. that I'm 47, right? I'm like, God, he was so young. Yeah. But that's just that you don't know. You don't have life experience. Right. Life experience yeah. makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. And speaking of life experience, how do we tell our moms, mm-hmm. right? So telling my mom and dad, because we still had dad at the time. Uh, I, again, just reflected back on our past experience of what they went through with Randy. And I thought, I don't want them to think that I'm going to die. I don't want them to be worried. And it was really hard making that decision to tell them. And I did consider, do I tell them or not? Do I just go through this and not let anybody know? Which then I went immediately, that's not going to happen to this family. (laughs) There's no way. No, this is the way this family works. So this is what I know, but don't tell somebody I know. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. Don't Don't tell tell anybody I told you. (laughs) And then it goes down three more sisters. And then did you, you find hear out. it? Yeah, but don't tell anybody and you're I like, heard. Then you're like, who did you talk to? <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I obviously did tell mom and dad. And so, you know, mom just, you know, 
mom is mom. Mm-hmm. And I called them and I said, listen, I want to come over and uh, talk to you guys. Will you and dad both be home? And I gave him a certain day and time. She goes, why? What's wrong? What's happening? And I said, Mom, I just want to come over and talk to you face to face. What? And they must you don't have known. Enough, they must the have. It was divorced because they were used to that from me by yeah. that time. <laughs> I wasn't married anyway. So, and uh, she just would not let me off the phone. She kept going on and on, and finally, I was like, "Fine." Okay, mom, I have breast cancer, but you know, this is a situation and I did have, you know, a little bit of information that time at the stage I was and stuff. And, and I, I think she was, you know, she was shocked by it. She was definitely taken by it. Did you ever hear anything from mom? Did she talk to you? Mm. Uh, you know, I don't remember. I really? don't. I don't remember that. I, Cause I just remember being so involved with you. I don't remember what yeah. mom's reaction was. I don't know. And uh, you know, again, as a, I think as a parent, as a sibling, as anybody in the family, you want to be supportive. There's not a lot you can do because you can't cure cancer for the people you love. And so, mom and dad hired someone to clean my house every week. In addition to all of you guys coming over and bringing food and having taco night on every Sunday. And, you know, I, I've shared this story before. I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, but I knew nobody was worried about me anymore when they came over for a taco night. And then when everybody was done eating, I was left alone cleaning the kitchen while they were uh, having margaritas by the fire pit in the backyard. I was like, okay, nobody's worried anymore. (laughs) Laura's going to (laughs) live. What about you, Christy? When you told, how did you tell mom? You know, and what I, were you thinking? As you're saying this, I'm trying to remember because she's the last person I probably wanted to tell. Yeah. And the reason I didn't want to tell her is because I knew that she had already lost a child to cancer and I knew that she'd gone through it with you. And she, I just didn't want to make her worry. And by this time, you know, our father's already passed away. So she's on her own now. And it, it, she definitely was the last person I wanted to tell, which is really stupid because when I think about it, like if Holly, my daughter, had cancer, I want her to call me right away. I was just going to say the same thing. Yes, but of course. I think I would react differently than our mother <laughs> reacts to things. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I, I'm thinking right now, like I cannot remember the actual conversation, but I do know conversations since where mom was just like, I can't believe it. What are the odds that three of my children have cancer? Yeah. You know, I've had six kids and three of them have cancer. And I know that she was just concerned. And then, um, so since for the podcast, I don't know if people know this, but our mother has been a caregiver for her whole oh, life. Her whole Married life. our dad when she was 19, raised six children. Our brother got sick. He, I mean, he died within six months, but she cared for him. After that, she cared for her dad's parents, her in-laws, for years, they passed away. Then she cared, you know, Dad, she was de- my dad's caretaker for probably seven years. Oh, God, at e- least. Easily. Yeah. And so since then, she's just like, I don't want to take care of anybody. I just want to be a man, which she should. Right. Absolutely. So she just writes you checks. <laughs> so she writes checks. So when she called me and said, you know, after your surgery, are you going to need help? And I was like, wow, she's going to offer to come, like, help. Because she goes... Because I have a number for a caregiver, and I will hire her for you. <laughs> but it ended up working out even better because she hired Brooke. Yeah. And Brooke was my caregiver for a week, so which was really good. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, she handled it well, and I think we have to go back to just being mothers. There's a lot of life experience that we don't give them credit for because we're not there yet. We're not right. to her age. We haven't experienced everything she's experienced. And Mom, you know, is very religious and has a lot of faith, so she relies on God for a lot. So 
Yeah. I mean, it ended up being fine. And yeah, and it's always fun. And and I remember thinking that having that same experience where I was wrestling with, do I tell my mom? And then thinking, well, if it was my kid, I would be expect to be the first one they called. Right. And same as you. I'm like, but you know, I'm cooler than mom, so right. of course I can handle it better. But you know what right, our Brooke? kids think? Oh, I don't want to tell mom. I don't know. What do you think, Brooke? <laughs> our kids are like, I don't want to tell mom. It sucks. Um. We have a very different relationship than I think you and your mom do, so I tell you everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you'd probably be the first person I told after Micah. Yeah. Aw, that's nice. I don't know that my daughter would say this. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a couple more years. <laughs> I know, I know. So, well, now we come to the point... I survived, obviously. It'll be eight years in July since my diagnosis. You survived. You got a clean bill of health and pending just actually a PET scan you had today, but everything looks totally clear and great. And Brooke, having been the child of not only a cancer survivor, but in a family where three very young people have had cancer. My brother was 32. You were 40. 46 when I got diagnosed. 47 I was 48 now. when I was diagnosed. So how does it change the way that we look at life, if at all, having survived cancer, having been a loved one to somebody who survived cancer? Who wants to go? I'll go. Okay. So for me, ever since Randy died, I've always just tried to live my life one day at a time. And I always just think anything can happen. Anybody can pass away at any time before Randy's passing. I don't think that I ever really realized that, but after he passed, I really do try to live my life one day at a time. And even though I got diagnosed with cancer and, and what you said earlier about like when you're the person that has it, it's not as scary because I feel like it's my body. I'm in control of it. It's scarier for everybody else that, you know, doesn't know. Like I remember one time, cause literally when I found out, I just said, this is a speed bump. I'm getting past it. Period. I'm done. And Holly told me, you're not even processing this. I said, I am, but I'm not going to lay on the floor and cry about it because mm-hmm. that's not going to help me. Like I need to move on. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I always think like, even though I'm going through this and I'm going through treatment, I could die on my way to the treatment. I could be hit by a bus. I could, you know, somebody could run a red light. So I just have to go through the steps. Like to, today I had a PET scan and I know people, get really worried about having a PET scan and being in a tube. And I was like, whatever, I get to relax for like 20 minutes. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to do what they tell me to do. And you just take it. Literally, sometimes you have to take it one minute at a time, but you have to get through it. And we can't, we just can't determine what's going to happen and you can't control it. And you have to like give in to that. And I just try to continue to live my life that way so when people say do you want to go here I'm like yeah if I can (laughs) you know and I want to have fun vacation and vacation and do what I need to do to live my life because cancer is a very scary word but it's also something you can get through and I've and I guess when I heard it it wasn't it was scary but I've been through it and I've seen people survive it and it's not just our family we've had a lot of friends that you know have survived and haven't, and I just want to live every day to the fullest. Yeah, is what like I that health belief it. model. When you see someone set the example, then it's not quite so frightening, right? Even though it's still a terrible thing to right. go through, right? Do you think that it's changed your perception of how you treat your body? 
with food, with exercise, with respect to having healthy relationships and choosing happiness Absolutely. or to tolerating certain behaviors. Absolutely. And just, um, you know, I haven't, I'm only, I think, what am I, like eight weeks out from surgery. So I haven't, I've just started exercising again, but I've always been grateful for my health and my body that it functions because of what we watched our dad go through dying from obesity. Yeah. But even more now, just how quickly that can be taken away. And I know the first week of recovering from my surgery, I was going out of my mind. Like, I need to be working. I need to be doing the dishes. I need to be doing laundry. Like, it was so hard to sit still. But Brooke, you know, we had our chips and grated <laughs> cheese and uh, salsa. So that helped. But it's really hard. I wanted to get up and walk around. And you have to, like, respect your body. And so now that I'm coming out of it, and I, and I love exercising. I love, you know, doing everything. So, yeah, I, it makes you really appreciate what you have because it can be taken away in a second. But you also realize that importance of taking that me time, right? Of Absolutely. having that quiet time of saying, well, I need to really just, like, get in touch with myself and check in with myself. And I know sometimes I have this, oh, I got to exercise, I got to exercise. And I'll wake up and I think, you know what? I'm really tired today. Yeah. And my body feels really tired today. And I'll be fine. I'm going to sleep for an extra two hours. It, it's true. And I'm not one to sit whatsoever. So sitting, I literally told myself for two weeks after my surgery, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit. And like I said, that first week was crazy hard for me. But um, the romance novels that I got introduced to helped a lot to sit. <laughs> and what romance novels were those in oh, case anybody needs a good They're by reference. Helen Hart and they're about the Still Brothers. They're amazing. <laughs> but other than that... Um, the but difference it, between us. Chrissy likes a romance novel and I like a good murder mystery. Yeah. <laughs> no. But it's, um, you know, it made me just realize, like, it's okay to, like, take a breath. It's okay to calm down instead of just running, 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 which we all do. And I don't... Life is short. Like, do you want to look back and be like, oh, yeah, I picked up the dry cleaning and I mopped the floor today? Or do you want to be like, I just read this amazing <laughs> romance novel and I relax. And, and then I my friend called me and said, come and have a cosmopolitan yeah. with and me. Yeah, and I had chips and salsa with my niece <laughs> while she was helping me. I mean, come on, that's better. Self-care, baby. Yep. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. What about you, Brooke? How's it changed your perception, if so? Um, again, and I didn't process it until later, but I think now it's more like death is inevitable. And thank God both of you guys survived because... You have a lot of life left to live, but you never know when you're going to get sick. You never know when your time is up and you can be doing all the right things like you, mom. I mean, I don't know another person who eats better or exercises more than you do and cancer got you anyways. So, I mean, that's not to say don't take care of yourself, but it's also like enjoy, I don't know, the butter cake after dinner right. or have an extra cocktail because... Woo -woo. <laughs> you know, there's all these warnings or all the time. It's like, oh, this will cause cancer. This will cause cancer. And it's literally everything. So to just enjoy your life because you never know mm -hmm. really what's going to happen. And also to enjoy the people around you and to make time because your friends who are the family that you pick for yourself and your family that you're given are all you got. And yeah you don't have them forever to make sure that you take time to, to be with them and enjoy them and to tell them that while you can. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's great advice. Absolutely. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, I don't think I need to go into great detail about the passion that it's driven me to and to reach out to other survivors and support them in the same way so that everybody could embrace their lives, have obviously healthy lives, which I'm a huge advocate of, but more than that, just health. It's As I've said so many times, it's not about food. I mean, it is about food. It's not all about food. It's not all about exercise. It's about finding joy in your life. Balance. It's about, yeah, following your passion, living a harmonious life with the things that are important to you, and building that courage to identify the things that are not serving your life in a positive way, and letting go. No matter how hard that is, you have to... Really sit with yourself, what are, if it's journaling, if it's whatever it is, being very real and honest with yourself and saying, you know, this is the end goal and these steps along the way are going to get me there and these steps are holding me back. Because like you said, Brooke, and like we both said, life, it's just too short. You know, you know what you want, you got to go for it. And that's tough sometimes. It takes a lot of courage. It uh, takes a lot of swallowing your pride. It just takes a lot to, to continue to motivate yourself to move forward in your life and develop. So here's something I just want to share. And just when you said that, it reminded me is that I am an open book and I share everything with everybody. And I know that maybe other people might get diagnosed and say like, oh, I'm so scared. I don't want to talk about it. And, um, I mean, if you've listened to Laura's podcast, you just know, like, the way Lummer Girls work is that we're not like that. We're an open book. So, I, I mean, it's obviously an, a personal opinion how you want to do this, but I'm an open book. So, I shared on, on you know, Facebook and Instagram what I was going through. And I literally found my cancer on a yearly pat. Well, let me say, I was two years out of my yearly pat. Mm-hmm. So... Which is not uncommon at all for people to skip the things we have to do. You know, and you just think, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I had absolutely no signs of cancer whatsoever. So when she called me and told me, I was not prepared for that because there was no warning for me. So I just want to encourage people to share and be as open as you can. And maybe you don't need to post it on social media. Maybe that's not your thing. But, um, you know, share with family members or share with somebody because... You just don't know. So from my post, I've had 20 different girls that have reached out to me that have gone and had PAPs. Luckily, everybody's been great and everything's been good. But they're like, I had one person reach out and said, oh, my God, I haven't been in five years. You know, Mm -hmm. and because of you, I'm going. So you just don't know. And when you post stuff, maybe you might get five or ten likes. You don't think people are looking, but they're looking and Mm -hmm. they're listening. And another thing was that I just, when I posted, I said, I don't want any negative comments. So Mm -hmm. what was really cool is that all of my feed was full of hearts Mm -hmm. and encouragement. And if anybody posted anything negative, I just deleted it because I don't need that Mm -hmm. in my life. (laughs) No negativity. That's right. Block you. Unfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Keep your negativity to yourself. And the older you get and when you get diseases like this, you're like, Ah, don't need you in my life. That's way easier to shut it down. That's so true. I think that, I don't know, Brooke, if you have this experience, but I definitely know Christy has, and I have that when you realize that, holy cow, like I could have died. Mm -hmm. And then someone comes to you with some petty complaint and you just go, get over it. (laughs) Really? Yes. You just, you, you look at things from a different perspective and obviously everybody has their own, you know, feelings and perception of the world, but you try to elevate that perception from people and say, you know, where are the important things in life? And these are the petty things. But 
I definitely don't make room in my life for people who are high drama, for people who have a lot of negativity, because that energy rubs off on you, and yep. I don't have any need for that energy Can't in my life. What about yeah. you, Brooke? I agree with that, but, you know, thoughts are things, and sometimes those people need us to tell them, change your thought pattern. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're doing it wrong, and you're bringing, you're manifesting your own negativity and your own misery, because... You're not sitting here thinking, this is just a speed bump. I'm going to get over this. I'm getting through this. You're sitting here wallowing in your own pity and misery. And so that's what you're going to get back. Mm-hmm. That's what you put out is what you get back. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys being here with me tonight. And this is coming out on Mother's Day. So I appreciate Brooke having the chance in this lifetime to be your mother because you're an awesome daughter and I cannot ask for more. And to be Christy's big sister, who, although I terrorized her throughout her childhood, yes, she's, she did. she's happy to have me now. Laura, <laughs> for her fans, Laura has grown a lot. I can share some stories, but I won't. <laughs> so we wish for everybody to have a wonderful, wonderful, happy Mother's Day. And to understand every mother, daughter, sister has a different experience with cancer, but understand you, you you just have to own it you know you don't have to feel bad about whatever you're going through because it's not the same thing somebody else is thinking Absolutely. or feeling right and instead of looking for the things that we have to feel bad about and worry about to look for the things to celebrate and look for the things to be joyful about because we have a lot of that in our lives yeah anything you yes. guys want to add happy mother's day love you mom thank you <laughs> love you too happy mother's day thank you Okay, as promised, I have a little blooper story coming up, so let me set this up for you. First, I just want to tell you that I will post in the show notes the books that Christy was referring to in case you're interested in picking up an exciting and mysterious romance novel. You can also find Christy at Cabby by K-Dub. That's C-A-B-I-B-Y-K-D-U-B. Cabby by K-Dub. On both Instagram and Facebook, Christy is a personal stylist, and she's very, very talented. And I know a lot of times it's fun to put a face to the voice that you were just able to listen to. So we recorded this show, and as we were talking about it afterwards, Christy says to me, you know, when you ask me about what mom said or anything I heard from mom and dad, she says, I thought of a story, but I didn't want to say it because I wasn't sure if it was appropriate. So she shared the story with me, and I'd never heard it before, so I was cracking up. Our dad was an L.A. County sheriff, I don't know how many, over 30 years, definitely, and a very staunch and by-the-book kind of guy. So listen in. You're going to hear this little excerpt of a story she shared with me from my mom and dad, and it's pretty funny. And other than that, I hope you have a wonderful, happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much for listening to the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. If you enjoy the show, please take the time, not today on Mother's Day, enjoy your family, but maybe tomorrow, and leave us a review. It really does help to have a lot of reviews for the show, and it makes it easier for other survivors to find. If you have your own mom experience that you would like to share with our community, find me on Facebook, Laura Lummer, on Instagram as the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach, and share your comments and stories. I would love to hear them. And one final note, my new website is finally up, finally finished, and you can go on over there, download my new free guide, Care Four Steps to Healing After Breast Cancer. 
uh, Revivify program is up. That's my seven-day program that takes care into an even deeper level and gives you a program to work every single day with videos, worksheets, and support that are offered to you. And the exciting thing is I'm going to be giving away five scholarships to Revivify. And I want you to have a chance to get one of those scholarships. So make sure that you're on the email list because I'm going to send out all the details of what this contest is and how you can get a free scholarship to join Revivify. I'll send out the details on Tuesday of this week. So thanks again for listening. Get on over to the website as soon as you can. Get on that list so you don't miss out on the chance. Have a happy Mother's Day and enjoy this story. One story that I remember is that, um, okay, so I got to back up a little bit. Our father was an L.A. County Sheriff. He worked nights for 20 years. Oh, God. At least. Right. So I remember him, like, leaving at, like, his shift started at 11 o'clock at night, and he would leave in, you know, his white t-shirt and his and pants, pants. And pants. <laughs> yeah. And I remember him coming home in the morning and he'd walk in and put his gun on top of the refrigerator. On top of the refrigerator because we had your boyfriends. Yeah, away. we had loaded guns all through our house <laughs> yes. with five girls and we all knew how to shoot them too. Yep. Okay, so anyways, back to your story is I do remember um Laura going through treatment and it was different than when Randy was going through treatment where Pot wasn't legalized yet, but we knew that it would help you and it could help you through treatments and not be, you know, sick to your stomach and everything. And our other sister was a huge advocate because her friends had used edibles or things like that to help them through some kind of a chemo. I don't remember who it was. Right. And so I know that you were... You had you were divorced at this time. You were living yeah. in your own condo. You could do whatever the hell you wanted. <laughs> if you wanted to smoke on the patio, you could smoke on the patio. And I remember mom calling me and telling me, Dana, Dana, who's our sister, Dana said that Laura needs to smoke pot because it's going to help her get through her nausea. And, and I told Ron, our dad, you know, she needs to... She needs to um, have this pot because it's going to help her not be sick and it's going to help her get through this this period and i just remember my mom telling me that dad said god damn it i have spent my whole life trying to keep this this stuff off the streets and now here i am buying it for my daughter and i can't believe i'm putting this into the world again (laughs) i think i ever knew that story that's awesome. Maybe they didn't share that with you because they didn't want to stress you out, but... Well, I remember Dana giving me an edible at one point, and it stunk so bad, and you're so sensitive to everything when you're oh, in edibles chemo. edibles have come a long way, okay? <laughs> I was like, that's so stinky, I can't even bring myself to get near it. It was horrible. <laughs> You've put your courage to the test, laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before Your heart is full and wanting more Your future's at the door Give it all you got No hesitating You've been waiting all your life This is your moment